Michael, welcome. How are you? I couldn't be better. How about you, Mike? All right, so Michael Breed, you hear him on Sirius, Golf Digest, the whole thing. I mean, he's got all his stuff, his academy, everything else. So uh, he's got his radio show, uh, which uh, I hear may be expanding hours. So uh, we'll see how that goes. So, But he's out there at Pebble right now. Now, it looked to me, and I told people, uh, I said, folks, you can go out there in June, and it's winter. I mean, that's all there is to it. Uh, it looked like today they were in sweaters. It was foggy. It was blowing. I mean, that place, the weather can be rough there. It's incredible. Yesterday, it was 80 degrees. The day before, similar, not a breath of wind. Today, the marine layers come in. It's very foggy. The wind is blowing a little bit. Everybody's running around with jackets on. It's a completely different golf course. This is kind of what we expected that we would, what we would see. And I think this is going to be one of the things that's going to allow the USGA to, to get this championship the way they expect it. Firm, fast greens, about 12 and a half, uh, or a little bit north of that. And, um, it, it's going to, it's going to be all these players can handle. All right, Mike, Michael, for the people who watch when they're sitting in their house in the, in the winter, and sometimes Pebbles, the first golf tournament they've watched all year, and they have to put up with watching those amateurs, you know, muck up the course. But forget that. The Pebble they see in February, how different will it be the Pebble they see tomorrow? Well, Mike, it's going to be completely different for a variety of different reasons. Uh, let's first start with what, what has taken place over the last year. Starting in November the USGA started altering some fairways and they started moving some fairways into some, some different positions. So they've moved the fairway on four. They've moved the fairway on, on six. They've moved the fairway on eight, all to the right, all towards the water. Then they did the same with nine and 10. And as a result of that, I think it's going to affect tremendously the decisions that players are making with clubs off the tee. I think you're going to see a lot more cautiousness off of the tee. I think you're going to see a lot less drivers. I'm thinking maybe four or five drivers from some of the elite players, possibly even less four than or that. Five, four or five in 18 holes, they're going to hit That's the driver correct. four or five times. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. And a lot's going to depend on if we get uh, some rain. There's a 10% chance that we might get some tomorrow. I don't think that's going to happen. The wind is going to kind of lay down, but you do have this marine layer that's going on. It will allow them to firm up the greens, which is going to play a lot different than what you're going to see during the AT&T. And and the rough has grown too, right? The rough is much higher, right? It is not even comparable, but that's typical for U.S. Open. Um, the, the other thing that, that has changed, obviously, are, are the green complexes. They've moved, they've expanded some, some greens, and they've leveled out some greens so, green, so you'll see some varying hole locations and some hole locations that you haven't even seen before. Uh, like on 13 and 14, they've expanded those greens and flattened them out a little bit on the right-hand side, kind of moving it up the hill. Um, so that's going to allow for some, some hole locations that these players aren't comfortable with or aren't used to. I think it will be very different for, for individuals that have watched Pebble Beach through the course of time. But what I will also tell you is, and one of the things that I think will be very challenging for the players that are playing in here who didn't play in the AT&T uh, Pebble Beach Pro-Am, like a Ricky Fowler, is a lot of the fairways have been shifted, and so the normal lines that you're used to taking, and there are some blind tee shots, like 11, they've shifted that fairway well to the left. That hole's now going to play a lot longer, and it's going to be a little bit more of a dogleg to the left, and that's going to be 
something that I think is going to invite some doubt, and it's also going to create some T-shirts that are going to find the rough, where in most occasions, we remember that's where the Stinger came out in 2000, was on that 11th hole where Tiger was flighting that thing down and moving it from left to right. That hole right there is going to play considerably differently than what we're used to seeing. So this is a course that, number one, doesn't play the long hitter, but is a course where you basically got to hit it in the fairway and then you got to knock it on the green. So second shot golf tournament, second shot, keep it out of the rough, keep it in the fairway, obviously sounds logical, you know, tee the green, but this is, they're not big greens, right? So basic, the guys, iron play, second shot tournament, this is what this is going to be, right? A hundred percent. You've nailed it. What you have to do is, and, and, and when I'm looking at who I think really has a chance here, you have to be able to get the ball into play. You, don't, you aren't required to hit a driver, which means that this has become a wide-open U.S. Right. Open right. because there's so many players that can get yeah. the, the, the club selection off the tee is irrelevant so long as you can get to the fairway. And the it, fairway brings a, it, brings a, it brings a Brent Snedeker into the tournament. It brings a it Webb brings Simpson a into the tournament, right? You Guys like that. Yeah, Kevin Kisner's a guy yep. who I think yep. is going to have a wonderful championship. But no doubt, I also think that you're going to – look, these greens are the, the – the square footage on these greens is the smallest on the PGA Tour. They average about 3,500 or 3,400 square feet. If you go to an average PGA Tour event, they're right around 5,500 square feet. So it's almost, almost half the size. And on the holes that you're talking about, the, the 11th hole – the uh, uh, fourth hole, the seventh hole, the eighth hole, those holes are all right around 2,500 square feet or less. The 11th hole is 2,200 square feet. The drivable par four fourth, which they will move a tee forward up to 300 yards to tempt these players to, to give them a shot to reach this green in two, that's 2,200 square feet. It's hard to understand what 2,200 square feet is all about. It is. It's, it's, I'll tell you how, how small it is. If you hit the ball into the center of the green, no matter where the whole location is, you're going to have a putt that's going to be inside of 20 feet. That's unbelievable. And how about the greens? I mean, we know they're going to be fast, but Tiger was talking today that the way to putt Poana is, and this makes sense on any green, I mean, you want to be underneath the hole. Well, you always want to be underneath the hole. I mean, if the hole, you want to putt uphill. We all know that. But, I mean, is this a course where you can't go pin hunting, where you just have to play to certain parts of the green just to be safe? I think this is one of those where you have to understand, and I think experience is a big part of this, you have to understand what holes you can go after and what holes middle of the green is a fine position. What, do you, what you have to also remember here, too, is, is where it's different from, say, Pebble Beach, the greens are going to be a lot firmer. And so what that does is it shrinks greens even more because now what you have to do is you have to land it on the front portion of the green because if you land it past the middle of the green, you're going to end up past the whole location and you're going to be in the rough, which brings up the, the other statistic that I think is a really important one, and that is scrambling from the rough around the greens. I think that is going to be a phenomenally important statistic. Gotcha. And in, in, in point of fact, there's a lot of guesswork that's going on in that, right? So you, you have to be able to control the trajectory of the shot. You have to be able to control the spin rate, and you also have to know what flags you're going to aim at and what flags you aren't going to aim at, provided that you're in the fairway off the tee. All right, let's bring – that is – 
Mickelson's forte. He's be- he's better at that than anybody. We know that. The question is, can he hit enough greens to c- can he hit enough fairways to compete, or is he going to put himself in so much trouble it doesn't matter? And also, his putting can be erratic. So if you look at his numbers, he has no chance. But at that course. He has a bit of, been a, a bit of a magician at that course at, at, at some things that other people don't know how to do. Does that get him back into contention, or does his negative numbers just overwhelm everything? Well, I think it's easy to sit there and say, look, Phil Mickelson won here you know, back in February, uh, and we'll not forget that, that playoff that he had with Paul Casey. So you go, well, you know what? This has got to set up really well for, for Phil. I, I, I like his odds. But if you look at his statistics with irons in his hand, he's 97th on tour in strokes gained approach the green, and he's 102nd in greens in regulation. Now, that can be a little bit misleading. But the point is is that you've got to get the ball into the fairway. When these fairways get a little bit firm, all of a sudden it becomes a lot more challenging. So I look at Phil and I go, okay, what do I think? Well, in the area that's really important, and that's the putting from four to eight feet, I think there is going to be a lot of putts there because you're going to miss fairways. You're going to then have to lay up to, let's just say, 125 yards. You're then hitting a shot onto the green, or you're missing a green if you hit it in the fairway and you're now scrambling. I think there's going to be a lot of putts in that four to eight-foot range. And when I look at Phil, 189th on tour in the four to eight-foot range and 153rd from seven feet. So I look at all this and I go, yeah, he can be streaky, no doubt about it. And he can get on a roll. But at the same time in a U.S. Open, you're not making a lot of birdies. And when it comes to Phil's success here at, at, at Pebble Beach, yes, I agree. It's been really good, but it's a U.S. Open. And that makes this a completely different experience because the thickness of the rough. And what I, what I have a difficult time with Phil, I think he wants this U.S. Open so badly. He wants that career Grand Slam so badly. Will he make great decisions? It's one of the things that I worry about with John Rom. Will they make great decisions? Because at a U.S. Open, this is a test of the physical side of things, but it's almost also a test of the mental side. Talking with Michael Breed, All right, the obligatory Tiger. Now, Tiger has won 19% of his uh, career titles in, in California. He's a Californian. He also has had some of the greatest rounds of his career at Pebble Beach. We know that. Uh, now, it's many, many years ago. You see, I can't use the last two U.S. Opens at Pebble for anything because they're too long ago. I mean, so, I mean it just, it, it, it's, they're not recent enough. So it's, it's, it's a whole different group of golfers for the most part, except Tiger and Phil. So the, the bottom line is uh, Tiger's coming off not a lot of play lately. He didn't play well at, at, at the PGA. We know that. He didn't, he didn't feel well, I don't think. He didn't look great. Uh, uh, he, he played pretty well a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the last day of Jack's tournament, he played well. At the um, Memorial, yes. Yeah, the last day. Last day yeah, last day he played well. Um, is Tiger a, th- a real threat here, or is it just the obligatory, he's Tiger, it's Pebble, we got to give him a little nod because he's Tiger? Well, so there's a lot, of, a lot of points to be made here with Tiger. First of all, it's really difficult to erase. And I know that the, those, those U.S. Opens that you talked about were a while ago, but it's very difficult to erase from anybody's mind the, the rounds of golf that he played back in 2000. It was 
it was golf like we've never seen before. Not only was he the, 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 the guy that wins the tournament by 15 shots, but he got to 12 under par. Nobody else was even under par. In yep. fact, three over par was the best score. So he blew the field away literally yep. destroyed them physically and mentally, right? So yep. I think when you come back to a, a, a But that's a 19 course, years ago. It's 19 years ago. Agreed. But at the same time, it doesn't matter to me. It's one of those things where when you have a positive thing in your mind, it's really something that it just stays with you forever. And I think when you come back here and you go, yeah, I hit this shot back in 2000, and you see the same things, because a lot of these shots, you're seeing the same stuff. And as he talked about in his press conference, you know, yeah, things have changed. I've gotten a little bit older, but you know what? I'm still hitting the same clubs into these greens. And as a result, I can still see the same stuff. He is got some, he does have some confidence. Look, he wins the Masters. He was not prepared for the PGA Championship, no. physically or mentally. He wasn't prepared for that. Clearly. He did play well at, at Jack's place, and with that 67, he does feel good. He does have a lot of trust. And he is a the, great second-shot player. Well, and he's a he's the best iron ever. player, in my opinion, ever. ever to live the game. Right? So yeah. when you start talking about that, and you look at this golf course where he's only going to be hitting driver, I'm going to say for Tiger, as I've gone through it, maybe four or five times. He will not hit it. I don't think, again, wind uh, dependent here, but he's not going to hit it in the places that you think he's going to hit it. He hates the tee shot at six, and because they've moved that that fairway over to the right-hand side, uh, it's a three-wood shot for him all day. And plus, on that hole, let's not forget, that area that he hit that tee shot on, remember when he hit that driver down the right-hand side, hit seven iron out of the rough? That's now fairway now. So there's nothing to hold the ball up. That ball is going to release very, very much to the right-hand side towards the cliff. What does that mean? You don't want distance on that shot. It's going to be a three-wood shot for him. And so when you start thinking about this, He's not going to hit the driver there, and he's not going to hit one at 18. So he's only going to hit driver on the on the 14th hole, which I had a chance to see him out on 14 earlier today. I walked with with uh, his group today, just checking out, seeing how he's playing. He was able to reach that green area with two shots, hit a three wood from 275 yards that landed just above the bunker, and was able to get it up and down and made a birdie. But he's not going to hit a lot of drivers, which means the com- the comfortable clubs that he likes, three woods and irons, are in his hands. And I look at that and I go, with all the experience, all the confidence, all the wins, Tiger Woods here at Pebble, I like his chances. All right, let me get to the big three. We're talking with Michael Breed. Uh, Rory comes off the 64-61. All right, but he hasn't closed well in big tournaments lately. Do you like Rory this week? Well, I, I mean, I, I hate to disagree with you, but 61 in the, in the Canadian Open in the final round. Well, I mean, round listen, my, I'm, talking about in, I'm talking about it. When I say close well, I mean in the big tournaments in, uh, yeah. of late. I mean, listen, he did close well this week, but he had that tournament won going away. After his 64 on Saturday, right, no on doubt Saturday. About it. So he, he, yes. was, he was taking a curtain call on Sunday with no pressure. He it hasn't was, played well under pressure in the last couple of years. Yeah, I, I would say that that is true. However, if you look at what he's done this year, in the 12 tournaments that he's played in, nine of them, he's been in the top 10. What does right. that mean? That means he's got things going. The work that he's done with Brad Faxon on the putting has been fantastic. He's currently 40th in strokes gained putting. And that key statistic from four to eight feet, 
He's 40th on tour, which I think really bodes well for him. Again, this is another one of those things where iron play is going to be a big You're one. on the it's, Rory bandwagon, huh? I like Rory this week. I don't okay. love him, but okay. I like him. And the reason why I'm, I'm not necessarily picking him to win, though I think he's going to have a great tournament, I'm not picking him to win because if Rory doesn't, Rory's one of those guys where he can get not John Rahm ish, but if he gets a little frustrated early on, he starts to lose a little confidence. Yeah. And he, he doesn't necessarily go after the driver right away or force things, but at the same time, he starts playing a little, he kind of starts playing away from, from certain shots. And I kind of think to myself, you know, I, I, I'm just not, I don't quite have that faith that he's going to get off to that fast start. Major championships may be just a bit of a, of, a, of a struggle for him. And as a result, I kind of look at it and I go, you know what, I don't know whether or not that, that um, Rory's going to win this, but I certainly think it's going to be competitive. All right, DJ. Well, how do you not love Dustin Johnson? I mean, this is a guy who, when you look at, at, at his experience here at, at Pebble Beach, it's fantastic. When you look at what he's done, in U.S. Opens, it's it's kind of crazy. I mean, if you go back statistically through what he's done, you kind of go, yeah, I love this guy. I think this golf course sets up fantastically for him because it does ask for some irons, but also because of the shot shape that he has. I think this is a left-to-right shot shape golf course. I really do. I think this one of those where if you think about the holes that are running along the water, you want to favor the interior side of the, the golf course, and that interior side is on the left-hand side of all those holes. You're talking about four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You don't start getting the, the, the interior side to be to the, to the right-hand side for, a, for quite a while. And so when I look at it, I go, down the left cut, down the left cut. That's what I think is going to happen. You look at him, he's third in strokes gained off the tee. He's 16th in strokes gained approach the green. And the putting has been fantastic. He's 14th on tour this year in strokes gained putting. I love Dustin Johnson's my, my pick this week. I had Brooks Kepka at the PGA Championship, I told you. I, I think this is Dustin's tournament. I've got a couple other guys who I've looked at, right, but, first, but I think Dustin walks away with it. Why doesn't Kepka win? Because because Brooks Kepka's real advantage, as far as I'm concerned, his real advantage is the driver, and the driver is being is being taken away from. And I think that's one of the reasons why he doesn't necessarily win as often on the PGA Tour as he should or could. Because what ends up happening with with him is, you know, a lot of the a lot of the major championships, you're hitting drivers a lot. Augusta National, you're hitting them. You're hitting them a, a, a lot at at um, at PGA Championship, we just saw it at Bethpage. It was it was his tournament to win right from the get-go, and everybody knew it, and so did he. This one's different. This is irons off the tee. This is irons approaching to the green. And when I look at – and look, you're talking about Brooks Kepka, who's a phenomenal, phenomenal player. There's no doubt about it. Let me give you some other statistics that make me a little bit sheepish. He's 100th on tour in strokes game putting. He's 119th in scrambling around the green. And from scrambling from the rough, he's 116th around the green. And I think that is going to be a really, really important statistic. And so, again, you're talking about Brooks Kepka. It's easy to pick him to win every single major championship. And I know he's coming in here with, uh, with, with two U.S. Opens under his belt and two PGA. I get it. But at the same time, 
This is a different U.S. Open as far as I'm concerned. This is going to be a, a, a championship that's going to invite players that don't beat the field with clubhead speed. They beat the field with tack. They beat the field with irons. And at that point, I think you're really taking his advantage away from him. And not that he's an average player. He's anything but. But at the same time, he's not at that level, in my opinion, where I think he's going to win. All right. Now, you think Dustin's going to win. Who's your long shots? Okay. So, long shots. And I've got a few. So, I, I, I went and I looked up some statistics. Now, I'm not one of those guys, odds guys. But let me tell you some guys who I'm looking at. Go ahead. I'm looking at Mark Leishman. Okay. Now, Mark Leishman is a guy who, to me, he's a, another left-to-right player. And he's, he's sort of an under-the-radar, 75-1, to 1, which I'm going to say, you know what, that, that is kind of a, a, a long shot for me. I mean, I know we've got some people no, that's a long that shot. are 1,000 to 1. No, that's a long shot. No. Yeah, so I'm looking at The guy's at 100 to 1 can win. The guy's 1,000 to 1. They're not winning the tournament. You know that. So, I agree. Yeah, right. 100%. So, so 75 to so, 1's a long shot, no question. So Leachman, okay. okay, who else? So Leachman's a guy who I like a lot for a lot of different reasons. I also like Graham McDowell. Now, he's coming in hot. He made a huge putt at the Canadian Open to play his way into the Open Championship at Royal Port Rush. But he's a great putter, and I know it's post-2010. I get it. But he's one of those really gutsy, gritty kind of guys who has a, a, a way of getting it up and down when you need to get it up and down. And, and he, he's, he's one of those guys, and that's the way he won uh, the U.S. Open when he won back in 2010. He missed some fairways, but he was able to, to, to wedge it close and make a lot of putts. And I think he's a guy, again, as a long shot, 80 to 1, I like his chances. I'll tell you another guy who I'm big on, Matt Wallace. Now, Matt Wallace is a guy who finished third at the PGA Championship. A lot of people, a lot of people for long shots have been using Matt Wallace. The only thing is I just I can see him being close. I don't know if I could see him closing out this tournament. Well, he's one of those guys that, you know, if, if, if you look back to his uh, through his professional career, it took him a little bit of time, but he was a winner. He won on the what is our web.com tour that we have here in the U.S. He won on that tour three times on, on the European tour. Then he got his way out to the European tour. He won out there. He's comfortable in the arena. You know, in, in talking with uh, his coach, he's one of those guys that he doesn't shy away from the moment. He loves the moment. He relishes the moment. And I think this is a guy who, on a golf course like this, which it's a seaside golf course, it's going to feel a lot like what he's used to playing. And I like his chances. Again, he's at 100 to 1. But I'll tell you where I'm going with all of this. The guy who I like the most in my long shot is Kevin Kisner. And I well, love Kevin Kisner. Why? I, well, for a couple of reasons. One, I got a chance to go out there and watch him play today. I was so impressed with his ability to, to move the ball around the golf course. He's one of those guys that plays major championships very well. He's sort of a quiet, soft-spoken guy, which I think you need that personality. He doesn't get rattled very much. And in a U.S. Open, you're going to get some bad breaks. You're going to hit a shot into the rough. Somebody else is going to hit it in a, in a, in a similar spot. They'll be eight feet from you. And – They've got a great lie, and you've got a terrible lie, and that will not frustrate a guy like a Kevin Kisner. The other thing about Kisner that I like a lot is his putting. 
He's 10th on tour in that four to eight foot range that I told you about. He's 26th in three putt avoidance and inside of 10 feet, he's 16th. He's also won, let's not forget, the WGC match play earlier this year, finished 21st at the Masters and finished second at the Open Championship in 18 and finished third at the Tour Championship in 2017. I think he plays these big tournaments very, very well. And I really think that he's going to have a great championship. So when I'm looking at the dark horse, that's my guy. Kisner, Wallace, McDowell, Leishman, all long shots, but your pick is DJ. All right, I got two minutes left. Let me ask you these. Just give me yes or no, No, nothing else. I'm going to say to you, will you be surprised if this person wins the tournament? You ready? Go. Yep. Spieth. Uh, I would be surprised, but he's he's playing well and he's kind of he's kind of feeling confident. Um, I, I would be surprised because his iron play isn't quite up to par just yet. Rose, same thing with Justin. I think he's coming off of uh, you know some some changes to his golf swing. So surprised. Molinari, very surprised. There's nothing that that Francesco has shown me of late that would give me confidence in what he's doing. Rom. Um, not surprised. I, I, not surprised at all. I saw him on the practice. He spoke with his coach and, you know, he's got a tremendous amount of confidence. The one curveball with John is that temperament. Did he learn anything from what happened at the players? Remember he had that shot on the 11th hole at the players on Sunday and inexplicably tried to hook a shot out of a fairway bunker on the left-hand side where all he had to do was just hit a little wedge out and wedge it up and give himself a putt for birdie. Made a bad decision. Did he learn anything anything from that? But I wouldn't be surprised if he did win. Two more. Shoffley. Not surprised at all. This is another one of those grinder kind of guys. He's just he's one of those guys that, you know, he doesn't come to mind all the time, but he always seems to be there. Cantley. Not surprised at all. I caught up with Patrick Cantley's coach, Jamie Mulligan, on Tuesday walking around, and he told me Patrick Cantley has has reached a different spot in his mind. No and question. Cantley is in a he's great the next spot. great player. He's the next great player, I think. I'll tell you one other guy that I'm looking at this week for a variety of reasons. And he's not a long shot, but he is a 35 to 1. And that's Adam Scott. I don't think he, I, I don't trust this putting still. I just don't. I know you don't, but you know what? If you look at his putting statistics, he's in the top 40. Tita Green is great. He's great, and the iron play is great. He's he's literally never swung better. And when I caught up with him at the PGA Championship, he said to me, he said, Michael, listen, I I have settled on this putter. I love this thing. I have all the confidence in the world in it. And I really believe that this guy is going to have a great tournament. He's 15th in strokes gained approach to the green. And around the green, he's 17th. But hear this. He's 21st on tour in strokes gained putting. And that's the part we all say, gosh, he's not going to be able to make it. He is, he's putting great. And so I look at him at 35 to one and I go, you know what? This is the kind of guy. I mean, I, I like his chances. Let's not forget. This is a guy who's a master's champion. He's won the players. I, I it wouldn't shock me if come Sunday, this guy's right there. All right. Thanks very much. Michael Breed, Michael Breed Golf. You can see him on Sirius, the Golf Digest. Thanks very much, Mike. Enjoy the tournament. Thank you. Always good to be with you. Thank Thanks, you. Mike. Michael Breed, back after this.